Hey everybody, and welcome to the Dry Life Podcast, a podcast for the alcohol-free lifestyle and sober curious. I'm Kayla Lyons. And I'm Beth Bowen. We're so glad y'all are here. Now let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Dry Life Podcast. This is Beth Bowen here, and I am so excited for this interview I have today. Um, This is kind of a different one than we usually do. And I think y'all are going to really love it because my guest today, Tori Overmeyer, is somebody who is not part of the, well, I say not, you were, you were, you were part of the family, but Tori is not um, immersed in this kind of alcohol-free sober Instagram world that so many of us are and, and so many of us come to this space from, um, which I believe brings a really new and fresh perspective to this alcohol-free, sober, curious life. So I am excited to introduce y'all to Tori Overmeyer. She is an online business coach who I connected with through um, kind of some some external things when I was working on my own business. And when I discovered that she was also alcohol-free, I was like, oh my goodness, it's a unicorn in the wild. She's like not part of the circle and still living this amazing alcohol-free life. So Tori, I am so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us on The Dry Life. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. So for those of of our listeners who are not familiar with you, can you give us a little bit more background about you, where you are, what you do, and um, a little bit more about your alcohol-free story? Yeah. Um, well, I want to say I am equally as excited to be on this podcast because I feel the same about my sort of circle as a business coach. Most of mm. the podcasts that I get interviewed on are other um, like online business coach yeah. type of podcasts. So I'm right. like, I was even telling my husband, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on a podcast today that's like not just about business and I'm so excited. <laughs> So yeah, you're like, I, I get to talk to about, talk about something that's not in my my business work life. Yes, it's it's really nice to like get out of your own circle. So I appreciate you having me. Um yeah, like you said, I'm a business coach. I help other online coaches essentially like with their Instagram marketing strategy. That's sort of what I specialize in, helping people get clients through Instagram. So that's the business part of me. I'm also um, a wife uh, and a dog mom. My dog is Mm. my baby. (laughs) Um, I'm really close with a lot of my family and friends who are all in the area I live where I grew up. So um, yeah, that's pretty much my life. I don't do anything super exciting. I'm a pretty big homebody. Uh, (laughs) I really dig your style though. Like you're like sweatpants and like RBG, a little frame. I'm like, okay, Tori is me, but just younger and cuter (laughs) and without these children hanging off of her. So, Uh, (laughs) um, yeah. So tell us more about your, your path to being alcohol free. Cause I love, your approach to this. And I, I feel like it's so different than so many of the stories our users hear. And I think there's just so much goodness in it. Yeah. So, well, I'll start off by saying I'm still pretty new to being alcohol free. It's been mm-hmm. since January. I actually just got a notification from one of my apps that said I just hit my 110 day milestone. Oh, so. hell yes. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my story is a little bit different because I don't really, um, I don't know if I even love the word sober because I don't feel like I was struggling with alcoholism necessarily. I Mm -hmm. wasn't drinking a lot before, but even when I did just drink a little bit, I was really starting to notice that it heightened my anxiety. I was just feeling shitty. Can I cuss on this? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I usually drop like three F-bombs an episode, so you're totally fine. (laughs) Great. Um, Yeah, I was feeling really shitty, like my hangovers – were awful. Plus even like, while I was tipsy, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Like I almost mm. felt like I was getting pre hangover anxiety. Uh-huh. Um, and what finally like broke the straw for me was my husband and I went on our one year anniversary trip and I was drinking wine the whole time. And by the time we left, I had so much anxiety. I was like, I ruined this trip. Like oh, I didn't wow. even enjoy this. And what, why, why? Mm. <laughs> um, So that was the last time that I drank. And um, I know that this piece is obviously very different for everyone. So I don't want to like minimize anyone's experience. But I think because I didn't feel like I was struggling with alcoholism necessarily before, it honestly hasn't been super hard for me since then. Like since Mm -hmm. I made the decision, I – 
it's it's been honestly great and I have like no desire to go back. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, see see what I was so excited about talking to you about is that we really do have so many people that listen to this podcast and that are kind of in our circle that are kind of feeling the same way you said like I know this doesn't make me feel good. I know that I have this anxiety. I know that it's almost making things feel worse in the moment. It's like doesn't even feel fun anymore. Mm-hmm. But I just either don't know how to stop, don't feel comfortable like navigating life without this because everyone drinks and why would I be a person who doesn't drink? And mm-hmm. so I love hearing your story about removing this from your life and then really feeling like that you don't miss it and that it's not something that is, is missing from your day-to-day life. Um, can you tell us more about that anxiety piece, how that has changed for you since you've stopped drinking? Yeah, I've always struggled a little bit with anxiety and depression and stuff like that runs in my family. Um, So it's always been a struggle for me. And I think it wasn't until the last couple years that I realized how much of a tie to alcohol that also has for me. Mm. Um, You know, in so many ways, alcohol is almost posed as a solution. Like, oh, you've had a long day, have a glass of wine. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's making it worse. Mm, (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, it's not like since I've stopped, I never have any anxiety, but I just am really enjoying being able to actually with a clear head, figure out how I'm truly feeling instead Mm. of wondering like, oh, is this you know, actual anxiety or is this brought on by the alcohol or like what even am I feeling? I just mm. feel like um, the like knowing of yourself better that comes along with not having alcohol being a factor has been huge um, in my journey with with kind of lessening my anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like when we come to this position of removing alcohol from our lives, if we're experiencing these either mental health issues or just feeling just generally unwell, when we remove it, at first it's almost hard to fully feel everything again. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're so used to always having this tool to to alter our state and to, excuse me, take us from like point A to point B without having to think about it. Has that been challenging for you? Yeah, definitely in the beginning that was really challenging. Um to sort of, like I said, really figure out, okay, now I actually have to sit with this and figure out maybe like <laughs> where it's coming from. Or, right. um, but I think in the long run, I, I've honestly really enjoyed that. Mm. Okay. So that, I feel like that's a great segue because you just went on an amazing vacation and I didn't realize that the last vacation you went on was, was kind of the end of your drinking. So you just went on a beautiful vacation. Where'd you go? Mexico? Mexico, yes. Okay. So you went on this beautiful vacation and you shared online that it was your first alcohol-free vacation. And I would love to know more about how that felt, how it went, what was different, and just everything about that experience, especially in contrast to the last vacation you went to. Yeah. Oh, Again, I feel like um, I have such a unique experience in that on this vacation and it being my first you know, alcohol-free vacation, I did go into it wondering if there were going to be some really hard moments where I would want to drink. And I Mm -hmm. really did not feel that. I felt so happy and like grounded in my decision um, that I guess going into it, I just didn't really even like think about giving myself another option. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And it was one of the best vacations that I've ever been on. I just... Um, yeah, the anxiety wasn't there. Like the, I would get some like travel anxiety and, you know, on vacation when you're, uh, someone that drinks, the drinking starts in the morning when you get to the airport, then you like need a nap by midday. Yeah. You're like hang hung over by nighttime and, um, removing all that and just actually being able to be present and, um, feel good. Most of every moment on this trip was just um, really, really great for me. Yeah. So so tell us about the experience of like going to the airport and just 
I, I don't know. For me, airports are still a little bit of a trigger for me because I had mm-hmm. a long history of drinking a lot in the airport. Like like you said, like time didn't matter. Vacation starts as soon as you hit the airport. Mm-hmm. It could be six in the morning and I'm drinking mimosas. What was it like to experience some of these firsts? Was it did it feel different or did it feel normal or what was what was kind of the contrast there? It definitely felt different for sure. And it definitely changes like the energy on a vacation because I wasn't in like party mode, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which really feels different. Um, But again, for me, it felt really good. Um, And for me, something that I've noticed too, like a a big uh, part of what's helped is like some sort of I guess you would say like new ritual or habit like Mm. now you know when I go to the airport I know I'm gonna get like a tea or a coffee and Mm -hmm. like obviously that you know is is different but it's still something I guess like to to replace that has been really helpful for me well, and it's funny you say that because I feel like so many times I get the question they're like well if you don't drink alcohol what do you drink and I'm like (laughs) I drink so many things. I literally yeah. am looking at my desk right now and I have like four beverages going. I just drink things that aren't booze. Yeah. So yeah, like I'll get the fancy coffee for myself at the airport or like buy the book at the bookshop that's like marked up twice the price because I'm not spending all this money on mimosas that I would do at the airport bar. Um, yes. And it's just such an interesting mental shift that you make when you go into to something that in the past you've you've gone into with this idea of like all right it's time to party all right it's time to like where are we going to get our next drink what's mm-hmm. going to be the activity that we're going to do that is going to allow us to keep drinking especially like vacations i feel like vacations are such a time of completely letting all the inhibitions go and all rules are off you get to do whatever yep. you want on vacation and really shifting it into this mindset of like wait, that didn't actually make me feel good. That just made me feel like shit the entire time. And then I left the vacation more stressed than I was in the first place. And I think it's really interesting when we realize that the piece of that, that, that created that, and not always, you know, I I have kids. So when I go on vacation, (laughs) it's stressful for a whole different reason. But a lot of the time we can start to pinpoint the thing that was making it not feel right, not feel good. And I think so often we're surprised when we realize like, oh, wait, it's this thing that I was told is supposed to be fun and supposed to add all of this extra magic to this vacation. And wait, actually, it's like a chemical substance that makes me feel like like I have a terrible hangover and no energy. Um, yeah. And just removing that one little thing, it's crazy how many things – I shouldn't say little, but removing that one thing, mm-hmm. it's crazy how many things it affects. I know something else in regards to my vacation that I had talked to my therapist about before going on this trip, um, like in regards to me not drinking, was that I – in the past on vacations had always felt this sort of need to like chase the high. Like I wanted every moment to be more fun than the last. Mm. Um, And with removing alcohol, that has helped me a lot with that feeling too, because I don't feel anymore this like pressure to make every single moment this like hilarious, like crazy party, you know, Mm. it's more so just like I can just be there and and sort of go along with what happens and like, you know, enjoy the moment instead of feeling that like high chasing feeling, whether it's like wanting to be more drunk or just, you know, be more like, like I said, like make every moment more fun than the last. And that Mm -hmm. was really exhausting. (laughs) Well, and it's like you said, it's so interesting that it's just this one thing. And I, in my brain, like going through a logical process would not have put together alcohol and this desire to like go, go, go on a vacation. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. And I think that, I I don't know, I just come back to like, we get so wrapped up in this cultural idea of what we're supposed to find fun and what is supposed to make any certain event a fun time. And we've gotten so used to it just being alcohol. Like 
That's like that question when people ask me what I drink if I don't drink alcohol. It's like, well, well, I I drink all sorts of things. (laughs) It's like we have so closely linked the idea of drinking alcohol with like luxury and relaxation Mm -hmm. and just having a good time. And then we can surprise ourselves when we remove it and we're like, oh, wait, that was actually still pretty fun. Yes. Yeah. So, so I love this idea of, of this sober vacation because I, I feel like so many of our users or excuse me, listeners, sorry, I'm confusing my two jobs. <laughs> I have an app, um, reframe app, a little plug for plug for reframe app. Um, but our listeners here on the dry life podcast, so many of them come to us and say, well, I don't know how to go on a vacation sober. I don't know how to go to a wedding sober. Like uh, what, how am I going to have fun? What am I going to do? And I think once we hear stories of, of others who perhaps had that same mindset before and then have changed their behavior and changed whether or not they're drinking alcohol, I feel like, and this comes back to you talking about like not even really wanting to say sober because one of the most important pieces that I, I talk about and that it's like my hill to die on in this community is this idea of opening more doors for people and making it more accessible for people to choose to not drink alcohol or choose to change the way this unhelpful substance shows up in their lives if it is Mm -hmm. in fact unhelpful for them. And I think what you said about like, you just really had a great time and you really had a a relaxing, great vacation without alcohol. I love sharing that because I feel like that opens doors for people. That gives somebody else who's listening this understanding that, okay, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can have fun doing this too. Um, and and I know one of the other events that she went to recently was a sober wedding. How was is, how is your first sober wedding? Yeah. Well, not a sober wedding. You were sober at the wedding. Yes. Definitely not a sober wedding. <laughs> I was sober. <laughs> um, yeah, that was great too. It was really fun. I mean, I will say, and again, this is like totally, I think maybe would not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. But again, for me, a huge piece of what helped was like replacing that replacement of habits thing. So like there was even one moment when I took a water shot when my friends were taking shots because <laughs> I was like, I can still like join in and like do these sort of like rituals that are like fun and bonding and I don't need yes. it to be alcohol. Um, so yeah, I had a great time. I mean, of course there are little moments here and there where you like maybe get a little bit more annoyed with the drunk person that mm. you wouldn't have noticed before, but yep. Again, being able to be present and not have that lingering like anxiety of how am I going to feel tomorrow or, mm. um, you know, what am I not going to remember from tonight? Like all of those types of anxieties that I had been not only starting to feel again when I was hungover, but also in the moment. Um, I, I just enjoy events so much more now that that's not there for me. Well, and isn't it so interesting that – we've again going back to this idea that we've we've so closely linked alcohol use and so many different events with mm-hmm. like we go to weddings and we get shit faced and we don't even remember <laughs> this beautiful celebration between two people that we love most likely if we're invited to the wedding um and and we don't fully experience it and i think that there's just so much that we miss out on when alcohol is like at the forefront and alcohol is like, I remember going to a wedding and there wasn't alcohol. There wasn't a bar. And I was like, this, I'm going to a dry wedding. What is even the point? <laughs> and in hindsight, yeah. it's like, well, the point was, is, is that it was like the, my little sister, not my little biological sister, but like an, a family friend was going to go see her get married. My, the point was not to go get drunk, but we have just really blurred our lines between what the purpose of certain things are. And so I think it's really neat when you say like, you still got to participate in these rituals. You still got to have this like community time and fun with your friends. But the only difference was that the thing that was in your glass was water and the thing that was in their glass was alcohol. And when it comes down to it, that's not all that different. Yeah. Exactly. Did anybody, how, how have your friends and family reacted to you going alcohol free? Well, I'm very lucky. I, I will say I have super supportive people around me. Um, 
my husband is really supportive and has definitely noticed a shift in a lot Mm. of the, you know, mental health issues that I was struggling with. So he's just so happy that I'm happy, um, which is very helpful, obviously. Um, And my friends, yeah, they're, I mean, we don't talk about it a lot because I don't think they're necessarily interested. Um, (laughs) And I don't think that, um, I think that people are very used to, it's either like you drink or you don't drink because you had a really big problem. Yeah, And so I think it's very weird for them to accept that I just kind of decided to stop. Like they're kind Mm. of like, well, you weren't an alcoholic. So, you know, or, or they'll say things like, um, you know, well, if you want to have a glass of wine in the future, like something like that. And I totally mm. understand because um, I didn't really know this was an option either before. Like no one yep. really talks about just stopping because um, because you want to. So mm-hmm. um, so I get where they're coming from. But yeah, other than like those little sort of um, comments, just because I think they're sort of confused, um, yeah. they're, they're pretty supportive and, and I haven't had to deal with anything like anyone pressuring me or anything like that. Well, and it's funny when, when people don't really know how to react to it. Cause like you said, it's uh, our cultural perception of people who don't drink. It's like, you must've had something horrible happen or you're gonna like live under a bridge or something. And there's just this really, new um just this really new understanding of alcohol and realizing that maybe it doesn't work for us and we can just decide to not drink it if it doesn't work for us anymore because it's you know again I'm looking at my like five beverages on my my (laughs) desk it's like it wouldn't be weird if I decided to stop well it would be weird but it wouldn't be weird if I decided to stop drinking sparkling water because it's just a drink it's just a drink um and we've really don't put that out there Beth Oh, I know. I know, Kayla. Kayla, um, nobody, nobody caused an intervention because I said I'm going to quit drinking sparkling water. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I'm personally supporting – Tori also is a Topo Chico girl, but I'm, like, personally oh, yes. supporting Topo Chico as a business. So don't worry. It's it's not going to be a habit I change anytime soon. Um, no, but I actually heard something really bad this morning about it when I was spinning. No, Cody. don't tell me. Oh, I know I what know. it is. Don't tell me. I already know. Oh, I know. It's it's the cognitive dissonance. I choose to not listen to that. Just like I chose to not remember how bad alcohol was when I was drinking it. It's, yeah. It's fine. It's healthy. It's totally it's fine. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> I'd rather be toothless. It's fine. I won't get yeah. that. <laughs> Wait, what about teeth? So I was I, I took a, a spin class this morning with your boy Cody on Peloton. Um, oh, love my boy Cody. Was, and he was saying that he went to the dentist because he's like a big sparkling water person and that I guess all carbonated water has high acidity level and so it just you know over over time isn't the best for your teeth but I was like you know what you know I don't drink soda I don't drink anything except for like water and sparkling water and I, I keep my teeth fairly intact and by then by the time I, I think it, it would really matter, I can just get, like, fucking fake teeth, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't take this thing from me. I've given up so many other things. Exactly. Don't take this one for me. I just, I just gave up dairy recently, too. So let me have my sparkling water, Welcome please. To the club. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've, we've totally lost the plot. Sorry, y'all. Um, okay, Tori. So I want to know more about how you have seen what we talked about this being something that has really touched all these other places in your life. And it turns out it's like this one thing that you remove. What has, have you, if anything, have you noticed um, like in other areas of your life, like your business, like your, your marriage, you said you're newlywed. What are some of the changes that you've noticed since removing alcohol? Yeah. Um, Real quick, too, I want to circle back and give a shout out to my best friend, because when you ask that friend question, um, I, on top of having a super supportive husband, my best friend is also amazing. And she actually, at the wedding last weekend, um, pulled me aside and and told me how proud of me she was. Oh, yay. It's just so supportive. So I just wanted to make sure to throw that in there, too. (laughs) Yay, bestie. Yeah. So those moments like that where people really, like, notice the change in you are Mm. are amazing. Oh, she makes me get emotional. (laughs) Oh. 
I've cried like four different times today, so awesome. don't even get me started. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, yes. So other changes. Is that where we were before I started crying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, I think, positively affected a lot of my relationships with my family, with my husband, and with my business because mm. I am just – on top of being so much more present and I feel like emotionally stable, um, the impact that like feeling your best health wise mm. has like just like energized and not like groggy in the morning. And I think you don't realize until you remove alcohol, like it's kind of like I always thought unless I had a really bad hangover, the alcohol wasn't affecting me. But mm -hmm. even just one glass of wine the next day, now I notice I like how tired that would make me or that like faint headache or like brain fog. So removing all of that, especially, uh, like I said, in my relationships, but also being a business owner has been really impactful for me. Yeah, I feel like it almost gets you to this idea of like, I could not perform at the levels that I do now if I was still drinking, just because I would not have the physical energy to do so. Mm -hmm. I was so worthless when I would drink. I mean, I, I, I come from like an addiction standpoint. So I was like a bottle of wine every night kind of girl, but just that constant, I wasted so much time by being hungover and by being oh, yes. slow and by being just not fully with it. And it, it just, just baffles my mind. Like I, I understand the neuroscience and the chemistry and all that stuff. So I understand the science of addiction and why I was the way I was, but just this idea that, even with a glass of wine or even with, you know, two beers, my husband still drinks and he's the same way. He's like, he stopped drinking during the week because he, well, he's also old as shit. He's like 36 now. So he just can't <laughs> hang like he used to. Um, but he's like, I, I can't go be the person I need to be at work if I have two beers the night before, just because I'm just so freaking tired. And yeah. it goes back to this idea, like we can let go of something if it doesn't make us feel good. We can... Yeah say that this is a, a chemical substance that dulls our performance and makes it to where we can't show up and be the version we want to be day in, day out. And I think that that's just such a, a novel concept for so many people. Like Tori, you said, I just didn't know this was an option. So for anyone listening, like this is an option for you. You can, yeah. you can choose that this doesn't serve you and, and you can remove it from the plate. Yeah, oh, sure. I think it can be – and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Holly in yes. that book says something along the lines of like how the question doesn't need to be like am I an alcoholic or not. It mm -hmm. can just be, you know, do I like this anymore or not or like yeah. is this making me feel good or not. Yeah, well, and it's funny that you mentioned Holly because I'm – I found her years and years ago when I first quit drinking, and that was the first time that I found another option. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. wait, what? There are people out there who don't drink and don't go to AA? What? Mm -hmm. like, I didn't know that was an option, and it, it opened the doors for me to, to make the changes that I, I needed to make in my life. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, I think when you – because I know I for sure was like the late night Googler, like, am I an alcoholic? <laughs> Do I have a <laughs> drinking problem? All of this stuff. And I think that's the wrong question. And I think the question mm -hmm. is, does this add value to my life or does it detract value from my life? Mm -hmm. Does this prevent me from showing up as my best self? Does this serve me in ways that feel good and make me feel good? And I think when you reframe the question, that's when you can really get at the root of like, all right, is this showing up in my life in a way that is fine or is this showing up in a way in my life that is holding me back from something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think another thing. Back yeah. I love I've, that. I've thought about a lot recently um, after watching this, uh, this, new, I think it's uh, a new show anyways, but um, new was, show. I must know. <laughs> I know. I think it's called like something about mosquitoes, uh, but fascinating. It's, not about mosquitoes um that's just the name <laughs> but the, the 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 main character is this kind of like very quirky on the run like you're not sure what he's done yet but he's probably you know some federal agent or whatever that has gone rogue but he's really into um talking about how 
we consume, like how are just to the government, to, to these big companies, you know, to, to basically the people who run the world. Um, we aren't really seen as people. We're just seen as consumers and how that's really f***ed up. Mm. And I kind of think when whenever I see that, you know, online, when people say, you know, is alcohol serving you or is alcohol serving you? I like to add on, well, if alcohol isn't serving you, then you're probably it because oh yeah at the end of the day you know and and this is you know we're, we're all business women here so we know the other back end um you know the marketing that goes into alcohol the the money that mm-hmm. big alcohol brings in and the, and the connections and the ties that they have and so you know I think when you be somebody who doesn't drink for whatever reason you stop being a consumer kind of get shoved aside and um like you said you know your friends don't really want to talk about it not not because you know like they don't they don't but I think there's a level of discomfort that comes with anybody uh because they just they don't understand it and it's so just normalized but it's part of our culture and it's part of the norm and so when you stop becoming a consumer of alcohol kind of get left behind in a sense and I, I think it goes back to like leaving the matrix yeah um, and then you try and feel <laughs> the red pill yeah and then you're like oh you know uh, it, it's it's hard to detect, I think with people on that level but at the same time I think it's it's changing um and it, just for I think people our age and the younger generation who claim to be so woke and they claim to care so much about you know, clean living and living in their bodies and, mm. you know, like uh, not being pawns and not being, you know, <laughs> they all like all these things that they claim. And then, and yet they're still major consumers of things that feed out to that problem. So I, my kind of question is like, especially for people who claim like activism or advocacy, you know, if you are consuming and, and giving money to big alcohol, like you serving these purposes that you claim to stand for, whether that be, you know, mental health or Black Lives Matter or any any of the many, many things right now that we are, you know, fighting against. I just think they're all related. And it always comes back to this big conspiracy kind of theory, which makes me <laughs> laugh. But well, I I think that reminds me of I posted on Instagram this week. I got a t-shirt from Phenomenal. Um, and Phenomenal, I believe Mina Harris runs Phenomenal. She's Kamala's niece, I think. I could be completely wrong about all of that. But Phenomenal is like an Instagram account that's like a feminist-based Instagram account and like really up to date with all of political events and um like cultural events of the day and I got a t-shirt from them and the fr- it's so freaking cute it says votes for women and I was so excited for it to show up and I couldn't wait for it to get here and then I opened it and I did not read the fine print because it ended up um it was a collaboration with Jim Bean and it was oh no not Jim Bean um it was a collaboration with um Johnny Walker blue label and it was their Jane Walker and so it had a big old Jane Walker ad on the back of it and I was like no (laughs) it's just it's so interesting too talking about like just the cognitive dissonance in in the way we talk about alcohol and especially like in more quote-unquote woke circles and in places that are supportive of women and of minority groups and of marginalized people like phenomenal is i i didn't tag them on instagram because i'm like i love y'all still i still love y'all i'll see how you handle my return request they did not Mm. handle it well but that's a side note um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's really interesting because when I when I sent them an email asking to to return this shirt, which I really love the freaking shirt. It's really freaking cute. But I sent them an email and said, I actually have pretty strong opinions about the way that alcohol impacts women and how it can harm women. And just this idea of how the the manipulated the manipulative marketing of this idea of Jane Walker, like what is the what is the target audience for Jane Walker? It's obviously women. 
Why do why does Johnny Walker need to rebrand to Jane Walker? They need to to rebrand because women aren't drinking scotch or whatever. I don't even know what Johnny Walker. I think it's scotch. Um, yeah. Women aren't drinking scotch, so let's market this in a way that appeals to women. Reframe Thrive Coaching is the next level on your journey. Reframe's premium coaching program provides one-on-one access to a certified recovery coach, curated video content from industry experts, and private group support meetings. With Thrive, you get the support you need to change your relationship with alcohol and Thrive on the other side of it, all for less than the cost of a drink a day. Find Thrive on the Reframe app today. All right, Tori. So I know you've been alcohol-free for 110 days now. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Congratulations again. Thank you. Um, I know that you don't identify as sober, and I, I actually don't either. Um, I consider myself somebody who is recovered from an alcohol use disorder, um, but I think people get really caught up, um, and it can stop a lot of people at the door when you say, oh, you need a label, right? I need to be Mm -hmm. sober. I need to be X, Y, Z, whatever. But it's also a little bit hard sometimes for people to understand why you're not drinking. And I think this kind of goes to, you know, what we're talking about before. Oh, well, if you didn't have a problem, why aren't you drinking? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you stay, if you kind of stray away from using the word sober, because I've noticed like, if I want somebody to stop talking about it with me or like stop bothering <laughs> me, I'll just say like, no, no, I'm like sober, sober. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> sober, okay. Sorry, sober. sorry, you know. Um, but definitely for for anybody who is not in recovery, um, this I think the term sobriety can not really apply. So how do you identify or, or not identify, I guess? Yeah, it's really tricky. This has been probably like the trickiest part for me, honestly, is like Mm. figuring out how to have, I guess, these kind of discussions and like answer people's questions. Because yeah, I feel like I definitely don't identify with sober. And I feel like that is honestly part of what made me feel like I didn't have an option. Because Mm. like I said, it sort of felt like you either had to be sober or an alcoholic and like I didn't feel like I was an alcoholic so I felt like then why do I need to be sober right but Mm -hmm. I think because for me it was just a decision that I made for myself it is really tricky when people will say like you know why aren't you drinking and I just sort of say I'm just not right now and Mm -hmm. usually people have more questions after that. So (laughs) they they don't usually drop it after that. So I then usually do that, you know, go into explaining that it was affecting my anxiety and which I totally understand having people having questions, but I do wish that I didn't always have to like go into this explanation. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like when you just say I'm sober, it does sort of cut it off, but but I do feel weird saying that at the same time. So yeah, that part is really tricky for me. My favorite is just saying like, oh, well, why do you drink? Why do you drink? Yeah. And and make them feel like an asshole. But I but I'm just I'm just kind of an asshole. So that's probably why life tips from Kayla. <laughs> yeah. Just be a dick. Um no, but I, I think it's a valid problem I think a lot of people had. And even as I think somebody like Beth or I who were in recovery and I don't even like consider, you know, like I'm not in recovery anymore. Um, and I think that's why we, we really strongly use alcohol free language and not recovery or sobriety language, like at reframe or at a thousand hours dry, because, um, it's just not for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think being able to just say, Oh, I'm alcohol free or I'm dry, um, really opens up the door for a ton of people to be able to identify as somebody who doesn't drink alcohol. I like teetotaler. That's like a cute old one. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the day, I think you just don't owe anybody an explanation period. And I know I've seen a lot of people, you know, they're like, Oh, there's, you know, here's some things to say. If you're not comfortable, you know, I'm on antibiotics, I'm, you know, driving, et cetera, et cetera. But 
I think we should kind of push back because yeah, it's really, it's really not anybody's business. Um, you know, whether or not you're drinking and I think unless they're curious themselves, which sometimes they're, they are, you know, I've definitely had people at parties kind of take me aside to talk about their own problem with alcohol, which is always, mm-hmm. um, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I, I think you just become, when people find out you don't drink, you become like the, the go-to mm-hmm. for some reason, they just assume like, you must be so mature and stable and, and all these things and I'm like definitely not Um, (laughs) but the the assumption is there right which is it just makes it funnier um but but I like hello if you have anxiety then that makes 100% sense why you're not drinking I mean Mm -hmm. like I suffer massive anxiety and I get panic attacks and Mm -hmm. and all those fun fun things um so anybody who's asking you and they're just saying, oh, you know, it gives me anxiety. If that's not really enough of an answer, then they clearly have never had anxiety and <laughs> good for them. But, you know, that's yeah, not the majority I, of people. And I think sometimes two people, again, maybe don't like understand how the two are connected. Like I feel mm. like people just think, well, number one, anxiety is so common now and (laughs) and so is drinking alcohol and so I think maybe people don't even realize that that would be um you know a reason to maybe look at stopping again it's sort of that like that weird middle ground for the people like me that don't necessarily have a lot of you know the common alcoholic tendencies but still have these things that we maybe don't even realize alcohol is making so much worse and so mm. when you give that as a reason to people I think sometimes they're like oh okay New. yeah and I think it'll be interesting to see if you ever experience like Kayla said you become kind of the person where people are like oh wait I have a lot of questions and then I think it just it it gives people permission when they see you not drinking to be like oh wait maybe I don't have to keep doing this thing that I think makes me feel like shit all the time yeah. and it's it's really interesting when you start to see like all of your like friends and your like social circles pop up and suddenly they're not drinking either it's it's like this fun little ripple effect that can happen sometimes but then sometimes people can be really fucking weird about it Well, and that was sort of a sign for me too, honestly, is I had someone who wasn't a super good friend, but sort of an acquaintance um, recently decide not to stop drinking a little bit before I did. And Mm. I noticed that I was almost feeling like, well, I was feeling very curious and I was also feeling um, almost like envious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big hint to me of like, well, I don't have to just be envious like I have this option too (laughs) you know um so I think for for anyone listening if you're looking at people who are sober and like really sort of um desiring some of the feelings and like the positive changes that we've talked about on here I think that's enough of a reason to try it for yourself Mm. Yeah, isn't that so funny that we can be curious and and see somebody else and be like, what are they what are they doing over there? And then not make the connection and connect the dots that, oh wait, I can choose to do what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I think there's a causation too between alcohol and anxiety. Like there yeah, are a lot of totally. us who drank. Like I know I had anxiety before mm-hmm. I drank, even ever had my first drink. So for me it was not the causation. It definitely just was additive Mm -hmm. but I know like we just talked you know to Katie on uh what two weeks ago a week ago um time has no meaning I don't know yeah (laughs) there once this one time um (laughs) but uh, I guess another guest on our on on the podcast was saying you know her anxiety was basically alcohol induced and when she stopped drinking she stopped suffering from anxiety and so it's like oh my god that's awesome first of all um and second of all, like, I think there are a lot of people who also probably fall in that category who don't even realize that, oh, my Sunday scaries or my mm-hmm. Monday, my, the Monday scaries or whatever, you know, are, are alcohol induced. And it, yes. it, it has this ripple effect for anybody, especially if you're a highly sensitive person or like 
someone like me, I, like I can't even drink regular coffee. I'm a decaf gal. Um, mm. Because if I do anything more than that, I'm like way too overstimulated. And so I think there are a lot of people out there who are just probably sensitive and are and not even realizing that it's kind of the cyclical effect of like, oh, you know, my social anxiety, right? Like that's one where maybe you don't have the social anxiety disorder, but it obviously helps to have, you know, like a glass or two or taking a shot or two before going to an event or, you know, a date thing, but inevitably making it worse later on. And it's a trade-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think as you get older too, right. It get becomes worse and worse. The hangovers become worse. Oh, the, God, yeah. the anxiety becomes worse. Um, and it just, you can't bounce back anymore and it just becomes not worth it anymore. It, it's a pros and cons list, just like anything else. And I think people need to just weigh it in or out or and it's as simple I think as some people that like you said Beth like now you're going dairy free like I've been dairy free for a long time and mm-hmm. now my boyfriend is been uh almost pretty much dairy free but if he ever goes back and eats like a piece of pizza he is really suffering yeah <laughs> the next day um well but- honestly it's interesting you brought that up because removing alcohol from my life and the insight that it gave me and really just this understanding of removing this thing that was making me feel really horrible um, gave me the awareness and almost like the language and know-how to even try to figure out. Like, so I removed dairy because I was having eczema and acne and Mm -hmm. um, like bloat and fatigue, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think if I had ever removed alcohol from my life, I would have been able to both identify that dairy was the thing that was causing me these issues, but also even have the motivation to give a shit. Like I would have continued to press through all of the negative side effects it was giving me. But the fact that I removed this from my life, it like gave me the the understanding and the know-how to to then make this association in other parts of my life. And I think it just all comes back to this idea of what does and doesn't make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that totally, I relate to that too. Uh, in another way of like it giving you that space and, and that sort of new way of thinking to actually look at other things going on in your life that may or may not be serving you. And actually mm. like, I feel even like with therapy, I've been going to therapy for a long time, like before I way before I stopped drinking. But even with something like that, I now notice how much more I I guess I want to say effective it mm-hmm. feels. Like I I just notice being able to actually um learn and implement things and even therapy better with the yeah. removal <laughs> of alcohol because it, it yeah, it just yeah, it gives you such a new way of looking at things that you're doing and actually figuring out if they're serving you or not, as opposed to just like doing things because they're a habit or because they're normal or because you've been doing them, you know, your whole life or whatever. Yeah, you even get to therapy better. I love therapy as a verb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, Tori. Well, this has just been so fun. I really love your perspective on this. Like I said, when I saw the first, for for those of y'all listening, Tori posts the most beautiful mocktails Mm -hmm. and has really inspired me to step up my mocktail game. So thank you for that. Um, But the first time I saw you post a mocktail and then I saw another mocktail, I was like, wait a minute, does she not drink? (laughs) She doesn't drink either. And it's so exciting for me to meet other people who are outside of my circle and outside of, of what I am so used to talking about day in, day out. Cause I work in recovery, my community's in recovery. Like this is my sphere of, of uh, alcohol-free living. And so when I find somebody who's outside of that and doing it in a way that's different than perhaps what I hear every day and different than what um, I'm, I've done myself, it really is just, I, I get so excited about it because it opens more doors. Like mm-hmm. somebody's going to listen to this and hear you say, I had anxiety, I removed alcohol and it helped my anxiety a whole lot is going to be the permission slip that they need to make that change for themselves too. So I just really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us, 
giving us all of this amazing insight about how you can still go to vacations and weddings and all of these fun things, alcohol free, and how we really do just have the agency and the um, capability to make these decisions for ourselves that just feel really good and supportive and just kind of help us up level and like take it to the next iteration of, of who we're supposed to be. So I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you. How can they find you online, Tori? Yeah, I would love to connect with anyone listening. My Instagram handle is the whole Tori, um, T H E W H O L E T O R I. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, where I live and do everything and do business. And (laughs) that's the place to find me for sure. (laughs) And a quick plug for Tori. I, like I said, I found Tori as I was looking for business coaches myself and Tori is excellent at what she does. So if you are a female entrepreneur listening to this, you have to connect with Tori specifically for her business services because she is like a rock star in that space. Um, But I am so, do you have any offerings, any like email list things going on right now? I do. Um, it depends on when you're listening. This is gonna air. So, it's gonna air in a couple of weeks, probably. Okay, then definitely check out at the link in my bio my free hashtag workbook and caption calendar. It will help you with a whole month's worth of caption ideas um, and help you decide which hashtags you should be using. So anyone who uses social media for business, especially online businesses, will definitely Mm. benefit from that. I'm going to go download that right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, Over at the reframe app, we have a lot of content that we have to (laughs) curate. So I need some tips for that. Um, Amazing. Well, it is just so fun to connect and I just really admire you and just love everything you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on the Dry Live podcast. Thank you to both of you too. Thank y'all for tuning into The Dry Life, a podcast for the sober and sober curious, presented by Reframe. My name is Beth, and my co-host Kayla and I drop a new podcast every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode.